friends. Welcome back to the Word Pictures with Meredith podcast. Today is Tuesday, and we are celebrating Holy Week, reading through scriptures each day, learning more about that journey that Jesus took to the cross. And he did that for you and for me. We're going to start out in Matthew. We're going to read 21, 23 through 2339. We're also going to look at 26, 6 through 13. When he had returned to the temple and was teaching, the chief priests and other Jewish leaders came up to him and demanded to know by whose authority he had thrown out the merchants the day before. I'll tell you, if you answer one question first, Jesus replied, was John the Baptist sent from God or not? They talked it over amongst themselves. If we say from God, they say, then he will ask why we didn't believe what John said. And if we deny that God sent him, we'll be mobbed for the crowd. All think he was a prophet. So they finally replied, we don't know. And Jesus said, then I won't answer your question either. But what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, son, go out and work on the farm today. I won't, he answered, but later he changed his mind and went. Then the father told the youngest, You go. And he said, Yes, sir, I will. But he didn't. Which of the two was obeying his father? They replied, The first, of course. Then Jesus explained his meaning. Surely evil men and prostitutes will get into the kingdom before you do. For John the Baptist told you to repent and turn to God, and you wouldn't. While very evil men and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to repent, and so you couldn't believe. Now listen to this story. A certain landowner planted a vineyard with a hedge around it and built a platform for watchmen, then leased the vineyard to some farmers on a sharecrop basis and went away to live in another country. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent his agents to the farmers to collect his share. But the farmers attacked his men, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. Then he sent a larger group of his men to collect for him, but the results were the same. Finally, the owner sent his son, thinking they would surely respect him. But when these farmers saw the son coming, they amongst themselves, they said amongst themselves, here comes the heir to this estate. Come on, let's kill him and get it for ourselves. So they dragged him out of the vineyard and killed him. When the owner returns, what do you think he'll do to those farmers? The Jewish leaders replied, He'll put the wicked men to a horrible death and lease the vineyard to others who will pay him promptly. Then Jesus asked them, Didn't you ever read the scriptures? The stone rejected by the builders has been made the honored cornerstone. How remarkable. What an amazing thing the Lord has done. What I mean is that the kingdom of God shall be taken away from you and given to a nation that will give God his share of the crop. All who stumble on this rock of truth shall be broken, but those it falls on will be scattered as dust. When the chief priests and other Jewish leaders realized that Jesus was talking about them, that they were the farmers in his story, they wanted to get rid of him but were afraid to try because of the crowds, 
for they accepted Jesus as a prophet. Matthew 22. Jesus told several other stories to show what the kingdom of heaven is like. For instance, he said, it can be an illustrated it can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding dinner for his son. Many guests were invited, and when the banquet was ready, he sent messengers to notify everyone that it was time to come, but all refused. So he sent other servants to tell them, everything is ready and the roast is in the oven, hurry. But the guests he had invited merely laughed and went on about their business, one to his farm, another to his store, Others beat up his messengers and treated them shamefully, even killing some of them. Then the angry king sent out his army and destroyed the murderers and burned their city. And he said to the servants, The wedding feast is ready, and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants did and brought in all they could find, good and bad alike. And the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the wedding robe provided for him. Friend, he asked, how does it happen that you are here without a wedding robe? And the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind him hand and foot and throw him out into the outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Then the Pharisees met together to try to think of some way to trap Jesus into saying something for which they could arrest him. They decided to send some of their men along with the Herodians to ask him this question. Sir, we know you're very honest and teach the truth regardless of consequences without fear or favor. Now tell us, is it right to pay taxes to the Roman government or not? But Jesus saw them, excuse me, Jesus saw what they were after. You hypocrites, he exclaimed. What are you trying, who are you trying to fool with your trick questions? Here, show me a coin. And they handed him a penny. Whose picture is stamped on it, he asked them. And whose name is this beneath the picture? Caesar's, they replied. Well then, he said, give it to Caesar if it is his and give God everything that belongs to God. His reply surprised and baffled them, and they went away. But that same day, some of the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection after death, came in and asked, Sir, Moses said that if a man died without children, his brother should marry the widow, and their children would get all the dead man's property. Well, we had among us a family of seven brothers. The first of these men married and then died without children. So his widow became the second brother's wife. The brother also died without children, and the wife was passed to the next brother, and so on until she had been the wife of each of them. And then she also died. So whose wife will she be in the resurrection? For she was the wife of all seven of them. But Jesus said, Your error is caused by your ignorance of the scriptures and of God's power. For in the resurrection there is no marriage, Everyone is as the angels in heaven. But now as to whether there is a resurrection of the dead, don't you ever read the scriptures? Don't you realize that God was speaking directly to you when he said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? 
So God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. The crowds were profoundly impressed by his answers, but not the Pharisees. When they heard that he had routed the Sadducees with his supply, with his reply, they thought up a fresh question of their own to ask him. One of them, a lawyer, spoke up. Sir, which is the most important commandment in the laws of Moses? Jesus replied, Love the God, love your love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second most important is similar. Love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. All the other commandments and all the demands of the prophets stem from these two laws and are fulfilled if you obey them. Keep only these and you will find that you are obeying all the others. Then surrounded by the Pharisees, he asked them a question. What about the Messiah? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. Then why does David, speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, call him Lord? Jesus asked. For David said, God said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies beneath your feet. Since David called him Lord, how can he be merely his son? They had no answer. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Matthew 23. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, you would think these Jewish leaders and these Pharisees were Moses the way they keep making up so many laws. And of course you should obey their every whim. It may be all right to do what they say, but above anything else, don't follow their example. For they don't do what they tell you to do. They load you with impossible demands that they themselves don't even try to keep. Everything they do is done for show. They act holy by wearing their arms, wearing on their arms little prayer boxes with scripture verses inside, and by lengthening the memorial fringes on their robes and how they love to sit at the head of the table at banquets and in the reserved pews in the synagogue. How they enjoy the deference pay paid to them on the streets and to be called rabbi and master. Don't ever let anyone call you that, for only God is your rabbi and all of you are on the same level as brothers. And don't address anyone here on earth as father, for only God in heaven should be addressed like that. And don't be called master, for only one is your master, even the Messiah. The more lowly your service to others, the greater you are. To be the greatest, be a servant. But those who think themselves great shall be disappointed and humbled, and those who humble themselves shall be exalted. Woe to you, Pharisees, and you other religious leaders, hypocrites, for you won't let others enter the kingdom of heaven and won't go in yourselves. And you pretend to be holy with all your long public prayers in the streets while you are evicting widows from their homes. Hypocrites. Yes, woe upon you, hypocrites. For you go to all lengths to make one convert and then turn him into twice the son of hell you are yourselves. Blind guides. Woe upon you. For your rule is that to swear by God's temple, meaning nothing. You can break the oath, but swear by the gold in the temple is binding. Blind fools, which is greater, 
the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold. And you say that to take an oath by the altar can be broken, but to swear by the gifts on the altar is binding, blind. For which is greater, the gift on the altar or the altar itself that sanctifies the gift? When you swear by the altar, you are swearing by it and everything on it. And when you swear by the temple, you are swearing by it and by God who lives in it. And when you swear by heavens, you are swearing by the throne of God and by himself. Next, we're into Mark 11, 27 through 12, 44. By the time they had arrived in Jerusalem again, and as he was walking through the temple area, the chief priests and the other Jewish leaders came up to him demanding, what's going on here? Who gave you the authority to drive out the merchants? Jesus replied, I'll tell you, if, anyone ans if you answer one question, what about John the Baptist? Was he sent by God or not? Answer me. They talked it over amongst themselves. If we reply that God sent him, then we will say, all right, why didn't you accept him? But if we say God didn't send him, then the people will start a riot. For the people all believe strongly that John was a prophet. So they said, we can't answer. We don't know. To which Jesus replied, then I won't answer your question either. Here are some of the story illustrations Jesus gave the people at that time. A man planted a vineyard and built a wall around it and dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice and built a watchman's tower. Then he leased the farm to a tenant farm to tenant farmers and moved to another country. At grape picking time, he sent one of the men to collect his share of crop. But the farmers beat up the man and sent him back empty-handed. The owner then sent another of his men who received the same treatment, only worse, for his head was seriously injured. The next man he sent was killed, and later others were either beaten or killed until there was only one left, his son. He finally sent him, thinking they would surely give him their full respect. But when the farmers saw him coming, they said, he will own the farm when his father dies. Come on, let's kill him, and then the farm will be ours. So they caught him and murdered him and threw his body out of the vineyard. What do you suppose the owner will do when he hears what happened? He will come and kill them all and lease the vineyard to others. Don't you remember reading the scripture, this verse in the scriptures? The rock the builders threw away became the cornerstone, the most honored stone in the building. This is the Lord's doing it is, and it is an amazing thing to see. The Jewish leaders wanted to arrest him then and there for using the illustration, for they knew he was pointing at them. They were the wicked farmers in the story, but they were afraid to touch him for fear of the mob. So they left him and went away. But they sent the other religious and political leaders to talk with him and try to trap him into saying something he could be arrested for. Teacher, these spies said, we know you tell the truth no matter what. 
You aren't influenced by the opinions and desires of men, but sincerely teach the ways of God. Now tell us, is it right to pay taxes to Rome or not? Jesus saw their trick and said, Show me a coin and I'll tell you. When they handed it to him, he asked, Whose picture and title is on it? They replied, The emperor's. All right, he said. If it is, if it is his, give it to him. But everything that belongs to God must be given to God. And they scratched their heads in bafflement at his reply. Then the Sadducees stepped forward, a group of men who say there is no resurrection. Here was their question. Teacher, Moses gave us a law that when a man dies without children, the man's brother should marry his widow and have children in the brother's name. Well, there were seven brothers, and the oldest married and died and left no children. So the second brother married the widow, but soon he died too and left no children. Then the next brother married her and died without children, and so on until all were dead, and still there were no children. And last of all, the woman died too. What we want to know is this. In the resurrection, whose wife will she be? For she had been the wife of each of them. Jesus replied, Your trouble is that you don't know the scriptures and don't know the power of God. For when these brothers and the woman rise from the dead, they won't be married. They will be like the angels. But now, as to whether there will be a resurrection, have you ever read in the book of Exodus about Moses and the burning bush? God said to Moses, I am the God of Abraham, and I am the God of Isaac, and I am the God of Jacob. God was telling Moses that these men, through, though dead for hundreds of years, were still very much alive, for he would not have said, I am the God of those who don't exist. You have made a serious error. One of the teachers of religion who was standing there listening to the discussion realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked all of the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the one that says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only God, and you must love him with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. The second is, you must love others as much as yourself. No other commandments are greater than these. The teacher of religion replied, Sir, you have spoken a true word in saying that there is only one God and no other. And I know it is far more important to love him with all my heart and understanding and strength and to love others as myself than to offer all kinds of sacrifices on the altar of the temple. Realizing this man's understanding, Jesus said to him, you are not, not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask any more questions. Later, as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple area, he asked them this question. Why do your religious leaders claim that the Messiah must be a descendant of King David? For David himself said that, said, and the Holy Spirit was speaking through him when he said it, God said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Since David called him Lord, how can he be his son? This sort of reasoning delighted the crowd, and they listened to him with great interest. Here are some of the other things he taught them at this time. 
Beware of the teachers of religion, for they love to wear the robes of rich and scholarly, and to have everyone bow to them as they walk through the markets. They love to sit in the best seats in the synagogues and at the places of honor and banquets, but they shamelessly cheat widows out of their homes, and then to cover up the kind of men they really are, they pretend to be pious by praying long prayers in public. Because of this, their punishment will be greater. Then he went over to the collection boxes in the temple and sat and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Some who were rich put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two pennies. He called his disciples to him and remarked, That poor widow has given more than all these rich men put together, for they gave a little of their extra fat while she gave up her last penny. Our next reading is going to be from Luke 20 through 21, 4. On one of those days when he was teaching and preaching the good news in the temple, he was confronted by the chief priests and the other religious leaders and councilmen. They demanded to know by what authority he had driven out the merchants from the temple. I'll ask you a question before I answer, he replied. Was John sent by God, or was he merely acting under his own authority? They talked it over among themselves. If we say his message was from heaven, then we are trapped, because he will ask, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say John was not sent from God, the people will mob us, for they are convinced that he was a prophet. Finally, they replied, we don't know. And Jesus responded, then I won't answer your question either. Now he turned to the people again and told them this story. A man planted a vineyard and rented it out to some farmers and went away to a distant land to live for several years. When harvest time came, he sent one of his men to the farm to collect his share of crops. But the tenants beat him up and sent him back empty handed. Then he sent another, but the same thing happened. He was beaten up and insulted and sent away without collecting. A third man was sent and the same thing happened. He too was wounded and chased away. What shall I do? The owner asked himself. I know, I'll send my cherished son. Surely they will show respect for him. But when the tenants saw his son, they said, this is our chance. This fellow will inherit all the land when his father dies. Come on, let's kill him, and then it will be ours. So they dragged him out of the vineyard and killed him. What do you think the owner will do? I'll tell you. He will come and kill them and rent the vineyard to others. But they would never do a thing like that, his listeners protested. Jesus looked at them and said, Then what does the scripture mean when where it says the stone rejected by the builders was made the cornerstone. And he added, whoever stumbles over that stone shall be broken, and those whom it falls will be crushed to dust. When the chief priests and religious leaders heard about this story he had told, they wanted him arrested immediately. They realized that he was talking about them. They were the wicked tenants in this illustration but they were afraid that if they themselves arrested him, there would be a riot. 
So they tried to get him to say something that he could, that they could report to the Roman governor, governor as a reason to arrest him. Watching their opportunity, they sent secret agents pretending to be honest men. They said to Jesus, Sir, we know what an honest teacher you are. You always tell the truth and don't budge an inch in the face of what others think. But teach the ways of God. Now tell us, is it right to pay taxes to the Roman government or not? He saw through their trickery and said, Show me a coin. Whose portrait is this on it? And whose name? They replied, Caesar's, the Roman emperor's. He said, Then give the emperor all that is his and give God all that is his. Thus, their attempt to outwit him before the people failed, and marveling at his answer, they were silent. Then some Sadducees, men who believed that the death is the end of existence, that there was no resurrection, came to Jesus with this. The laws of Moses state that if a man dies without children, the man's brother shall marry the widow, and their children will legally belong to the dead man to carry on his name. We know of a family of seven brothers. The oldest married and then died without any children. His brother married the widow, and he too died, still no children. And so it went, one after the other, until each of them, each of the seven, had married her and died, leaving no children. Finally, the woman died also. Now here is our question. Whose wife will she be in the resurrection? For all of them were married to her. Jesus replied, Marriage is for people here on earth. But when those who are counted worthy of being raised from the dead to get to heaven, they do not marry, and they never die again. In these respects, they are like angels and are sons of God, for they are raised up in new life from the dead. But as to your real question, whether or not there is resurrection, why, even the writings of Moses himself prove this. For when he describes how God appeared to him in the burning bush, he speaks of God as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. To say that the Lord is some person's God that to say that the Lord is some person's God means that the person is alive, not dead. So from God's point of view, all men are living. Well said, sir, remarked some of the experts in the Jewish law who were standing there. And that ended their questions, for they dared not ask more. Then he presented them with a question. Why is it, he asked, that Christ, the Messiah, is said to be a descendant of King David? For David himself wrote in the book of Psalms, God said to my Lord, the Messiah, Sit at my right hand until I place your enemies enemies beneath your feet. How can the Messiah be both David's son and David's God at the same time? Then with the crowds listening, he turned to his disciples and said, Beware of the experts of religion, for they love to parade in dignified roads, robes and be bowed to by people as they walk along the street. And how they love the seats of honor in the synagogues and religious fe- at religious festivals. But even while they are praying long prayers with great outward piety, they are planning schemes to cheat widows out of their property. Therefore, God's heaviest sentence awaits these men. Luke 21 
As he stood in the temple, he was watching the rich tossing their gifts into the collection box. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small copper coins. Really, he remarked, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them combined, for they have given a little of what they didn't need. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. Our next reading is going to be from John 12, 2 to 11. A banquet was prepared in Jesus's honor. Martha served and Lazarus sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a jar of costly perfume made from essence of nard and anointed Jesus's feet with it and wiped them with her hair and the house was filled with fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, the one who would betray him said, that perfume was worth a fortune. It should have been sold in the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor, but he was in charge of the disciples' funds and often dipped into them for his own use. Jesus replied, let her alone. She did it in preparation for my burial. You can always help the poor, but I won't always be with you or but I won't be with you very long. When the ordinary people of Jerusalem heard of his arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man who had come back to life again. Then the chief priest decided to kill Lazarus too, for it was because of him that many of the Jewish leaders has desert, had deserted and believed in Jesus as their Messiah. Thanks for joining me today, friends. I'll look forward to tomorrow as we continue on through our journey through the Gospels and see what Jesus did for us on his way to the cross. Bye, friends.